0: Hey, welcome back, y'all. We are here. We are healing, we are growing, and we are here. And I am doing better. You know, I wanted to talk about some of the great things that we've done over the last couple of weeks. Um, We have been pulling together as a community and we have been speaking up. And because of us speaking up, you know, four officers were arrested, a law, Brianna's law was passed. Um, I know by no means are we anywhere near the finish line, but we are out of the starting blocks and we are moving forward in this marathon. Um, Knowing that Brianna's law was passed, which means that uh, no-knock warrants are banned in, 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 in Kentucky now, and that speaks volumes, but we still have no arrest in her case. So if you haven't done so already, I still need you to make the phone calls. I still need you to email and text and donate um, for the calls because Brianna is one story that actually went viral. There are tons that haven't. At the time of me recording this right now, there are actual people who are mysteriously being found hung from trees. And I I myself have a hard time believing that black citizens are deciding to commit suicide, hanging themselves from trees during a time like this. I'm just I'm just putting it out there. So I want I want folks who hear this, and when you know that you see it, I don't want you to turn the channel. I don't want you to just think that it's just another death. No, these are serious things that is probably That's just not something that I feel black people would choose a way to commit suicide. That's just not something hanging nooses. That's not something we gravitate toward. So if nothing else, remember that. Uh, We're still sheltering in place, although people don't seem to understand that. Texas, our cases are higher than they've been during the entire pandemic right now, and yet people still won't wear masks. People still are out here uh, invading personal space. I do understand that we have to go back to doing things, but just keep some distance. Just wear the mask, you know? Uh, You know, today, Episode, I have Miss Scott McLean, who I actually met at the Blistem conference, who turned out to be such a beautiful soul. Um, having her on the show is again right on time. She has a host, she's the host of a podcast called I'm Just Saying. And she shoots from the hip, no chaser. She's all about body positivity, uh, creating the love that you want to receive in the world. And she happens to be uh, a, a, a other, right? A woman, a white woman who's out here living her best life, actively seeking change. And I continue to be an eye of God in the way he orders my steps. Because as I've said before, you know, we batch this show. And when I record, it's months in advance. And I schedule our content to go out months in advance. And it seems to me, that God saw favor in us and in, in our listenership and in, in, in me in my spiritual health and well-being to be able to allow me to hear from people who were already actively seeking change who didn't look like me. And to be able to share that with you just in this time when we're searching for normalcy, we're searching for understanding, we're searching for allies. I am so thankful that I get to witness it and I have experienced this and I get to look at some people without a side eye and I get to say thank you for seeing me before you were forced or before it was on trend to see me and as you listen to today's episode with Skye and myself it's coming from an authentic place and a organic place and Sky's she's going to share some tips about how her husband uh, killed an extraordinary amount of debt and and just about I'm just saying. And as you listen to it, I want you to love on it. I also want you guys to keep in mind that we're not done. You know, this last weekend, Rashad Brooks' life was taken. He shouldn't he shouldn't. I don't care if he was drunk. I don't care if he was in a festival on sleep. And that has happened to me so many times where I've had to honk the horn at somebody who fell asleep after the club. And no one ended up dead. We cannot justify homicide. And we gotta speak up, y'all. We gotta speak up and we gotta keep speaking up and we still have to call our friends to action and we have to demand action. We also have to speak up for our trans community, our black trans community. There are are deaths happening day and night. There's room for growth for all of us. You know, I know a lot of us are challenging our white counterparts and friends and colleagues to read, to listen. I challenge us all to continue to do that about any area that we are not educated. There are a ton of cultures that I know nothing of and that I have lived in a bubble about. So I'm not going to I'm not giving anybody a get out of jail free card. What I'm saying is I can do better too. So I've been actively Uh, studying and learning and giving ratings and listening to and supporting shows that highlight things about gay America and the LGBTQ community and trans and all these folks from listening to Audible has a great series out this month called Coming Out. It's a Coming Out Party. It's free on Audible. If you're an Audible subscriber, Audible gives you free books to download every month, about five or six different original pieces. And it's actually an original piece. And it's these unique stories told in a funny way by different comedians and different stars in the in the gay uh community. And they are sharing their coming out stories, which I thought was quite nice and 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 entertaining. And I loved it. And I hope that you listen to it. I'll put a link in the show. It's worth it. It's only a lot of hour and 30 minutes. But for me, the reason I loved it, one, it was entertaining. And it was by people I already support. But two, I got to have some empathy and look at some perspective. Uh, One of the guys on the show said, when a person comes out the first time, it's not the end. They pretty much are faced with coming out their entire life to someone or some organization in some facet, whether that's a new job, whether that's a new neighbor. They at some point have to tell people what their sexual preference is, which is ridiculous. We, that, that, that's, that right there, when I heard that, I thought, wow. I never even thought about that. I never even imagined the pain of constantly having to tell people who you are, which is parts of you that really is none of their business. I wanted, I want to be in a world where you shouldn't have to tell people who you sleep with. Like that is ridiculous to me, you know? So it's Pride Month and I want us to have some pride for the folks who are out here having to struggle and having to justify who they love and who they are and who, who they wake up feeling like every single day. This is a new season we're in and we're in the season of understanding. We're in the season of forgiveness. We're in the season of transformation and I am calling myself to the carpet about learning more about other cultures and learning more about what people are going through and not turning a blind eye and not ignoring it because it doesn't apply to me. Um, And I hope you'll do the same. And I hope as you listen to today's episode with Scott McLean, that you hear two women loving on one another, supporting one another, and you answer the call and you help in some way and you do what you can to help us build and win. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Brunch and Slay podcast, where you get all the inspiration you need from women who are just like you, who have put action behind ideas and become game changers of their own right. The, today's guest is a lady who I was so lucky to meet in Nashville during the Blistem conference she totally made my day uh, <laughs> she is a body positive woman right she is an advocate which I love and just an all-around girls girl like there's a natural connection and you don't get that very often but before you get to hear from Miss Skye I want to talk to you and ask you one question and that's have you shared at least one episode that you loved with at least one friend If the answer is no, then you know what you got to do today, because I know you're going to love today's episode, and just like you like the one you listened to before this and the one you're going to listen to after this, go ahead and help me share the love. We have so many amazing women who come to this show who are just like you, who are out here navigating the world, trying to figure out what their now is and what their mission is, and we need your encouragement. So share the show so that we can continue this wave of all things Brunch and Slay. So, again, you heard me talk a little bit about Skye. She is a Texas native through and through, so much so that she has two Texas tattoos on her body, y'all. Like, she is real hardcore, right? She goes hard. She has eliminated over $57,000 in debt in under two years. She's a blogger, a micro-influencer, a mama, a girl's girl, everything that you need to know. Welcome to the show, Miss Sky McLean. Hi, Skye. Hi, Amira. Thank you so much for having me. Girl, I'm so happy to have you. That is like
1: the best introduction I've ever gotten, ever. (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing. Thank you, thank you. I'm like laughing and smiling over here. I feel... I feel very at home
0: here. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you do. So we have to tell everybody, you know, a little Reader's Dodgers version of how we met because I think it's super cool and yes, it's a perfect example of how you got to get outside of your comfort zone and just live in the moment, right? That's right. For sure. So, so a couple of months back, uh, I don't even remember the month now, which is pretty sad. Uh, <laughs> it was no-
1: It was November. <laughs>
0: wow. Why was I thinking it was January? Okay. So November yeah. of 2019. I am at the Blistem Conference, getting my life because it was amazing, right? And Mm -hmm. I was blessed enough to present at the Blistem Conference. And after I presented, um, this nice lady walks up to me and she was like, what are you doing for lunch? And I was like, I don't know. What are you doing for lunch? And she was like, let's go to lunch. Uh, I speak all the time, and nobody ever asked me to lunch, and I don't want you to be like me, so let's do this and I said, "'Well, do you mind if I bring my mom and she was like, Of course not and instantly, I knew she was my kind of girl yeah. uh, yes, and then and what I, have se- I have to tell you
1: all a I have to tell you' all a secret um I love Amira, she's hilarious and she's uplifting and amazing, but her mom is even better so
0: if you love right. Amira, you will love Amira's mom. Right, I'm 2.0. Right, I'm Amira. Two, I'm Nanny. I'm Nanny Rose 2.0. Right. That's right. <laughs> so we snuck off and we had this great brunch and we told like she literally got me to tell secrets in front of my mom that I hadn't even shared with my mom. <laughs> I forgot she was at the table. Like one cocktail too many. Right, that's nothing better than an afternoon boozy brunch. A boozy lunch. That's right. We had a good time. I won't share those secrets nationally because my husband will kill me. But. <laughs> Let's just say mama won't be asking for any more grandbabies. That's right.
1: (laughs) She knows now.
0: I got to catch my breath. Oh my God. Okay. So anyway, you know, it's not like me normally to drop my guard uh, with somebody and share intimate, you know, details of my life like that. so because Skye is that kind of woman, I wanted to have her on the show because her platform is pretty freaking awesome, y'all um, it's, it's one of those platforms, you know, I'm not a person who just endorses anything if I don't, if I don't support it, but Sky has really, she knows her niche. She knows what her jam. She knows, I mean, the copy alone on your site, which I didn't tell you before Sky is everything. It sounds like you, that's probably why I like it. It, It's you. Mm. I'm reading your copy. I'm listening to even just reading your, just your about page. And I'm like, this girl, that's a gift. Um, most people just don't know how to let our guard down, especially when we're walking this, this tight rope of becoming an influencer or a micro-influencer or a macro, whatever you want to call it. It's very difficult. How much do I share? How much do I really want? You know, how much is too much? It's a tight rope, but yours it is, is just, a tightrope. yeah, it's so organic and it's just you.
1: Well, thank you. I take that as a very high compliment because that is the hardest part of the job when you're when you live your life on social media and when you're a blogger and your job is to share your story and to share your day-to-day stuff, it's a very hard balance to strike with being authentic and still having a private life at home that you don't share with people. And so it's, that was a struggle for me because I tend to overshare and <laughs> that tends no. to make other people overshare too. Right.
2: right. So
1: I, it was, it was a lesson sort of, there were a couple of lessons in there that I had to like step back and say, okay, maybe I shared a smidge too much here and I need to make a boundary there. So it's a, it was, it's difficult, but it's the most important part is to be yourself and to be authentic so people can relate to you. But also you have to learn how to hold back what's really private and precious to you too.
0: Right. And, you know, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit in the beginning and we just glazed all, all over it, but this is something that has to be recognized. $57,000 of debt. In under two years, like we cannot let's just back this thing up. Let's talk about that. I know you follow Dave Ramsey, I know he is like the ultimate money motivator when it comes to paying stuff off.
1: She's Mm -hmm. a pastor's
0: wife, y'all had to edit that a little. (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, (laughs) I can't be cussing out the preacher's wife, but uh, you know, I think we got to talk about it. So, what inspired it? How did that ball get rolling? Okay. So when my husband and I got married, like you said, my
1: husband's a pastor. Um, We both brought debt into our marriage, mostly school debt. And so he went to undergrad and um, graduate school at private universities. So he had quite a bit of student loans. I got my undergrad at a private university, a lot of student loans. We had car debt, credit card debt. I mean, we were just, we felt like we were drowning and um, living like, literally paycheck to paycheck every single month and it was so stressful it was exhausting and we moved to the Houston area and when we moved here my husband's um, boss at the time took us out to eat for dinner at Market Street which is a very affluent area in our very affluent area and we were at Tommy Bahamas and I was looking at the cars outside the restaurant and it was like a, a Bugatti and a Lamborghini and I just looked at Chris and I was like we drive like a righty old 2009 Ultima. Like we're gonna, we're not gonna make it here if we can't get our finances <laughs> together because I'm the kind of person that like needs a little bit to keep up with the Joneses. I'm the spender in our relationship. relationship. So we decided, well, I decided, I was like, we have to get our finances in order. You're getting a very nice raise. We got to do the right thing with it. And so maybe the second or third Sunday after we moved here, we walked into the church and there was a big, uh, banner that said Dave Ramsey, this changes everything, and I said, okay, we're gonna do it. We're gonna take Financial Peace University. We're gonna do the debt snowball. We're gonna do this thing. And I, we actually started it like in November of 2015, and um, once I, I like put our budget. I'm the nerd, so I put our budget together, and I it, I realized that with our income and with our debt payments. And with cutting back big time on our spending, we could pay all of our debt off in less than two years. And so Chris wasn't a hundred percent on board yet, but we went to Oklahoma for Christmas that year. So we were in the car for eight hours and I made him listen to the Dave Ramsey podcast for eight solid hours. See, that's what I'm and talking
0: about. Take charge, yes.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I'm a very intense person. <laughs> So, uh, and by the end of it, he, I had convinced him, I was like, we're 22 payments away or 24 payments away from getting our debt out of our lives forever and changing everything. And I convinced him and he was on board. And so we, we lived on a very, very, very tight budget for two years. We said no to a lot of things. Our families literally thought we were starving ourselves in order to pay off debt, which we were not. Uh, we actually lost weight cause we weren't eating out as much. and um, we. We did it, man. We paid off $57,666 in 22 months and it was the best choice I've ever made. It's freed up so much of my uh, conscience and I have so much more freedom in what we can do every day now and where we can go and our retirement funds are going to get funded and Jet's going to be able to go to college and it just, it gives you so much freedom that you don't realize that you don't have until you have it.
0: You know, I love that because your honesty, number one. Like, I think a lot of times, especially when you live in major cities like Houston and Dallas and Atlanta and all these places our listeners listen to, I mean, live in, you do have a little temptation. And then when you first graduate, you kind of feel like you've been sacrificing already. You want to splurge. Mm -hmm. You want to eat out. That's the whole life, right? We want that brunch and slay life, right? We want that. That's right. (laughs) Right. And and your story, your story, it reminds me of how my husband and I started out. It's very similar. Our aha moment was during our wedding planning. Um, we didn't we wanted a nice wedding and we didn't have a lot of money, but my husband has always been a budgeter. We sat down and we literally within we were engaged for only eight months. We paid for our wedding, which at the time in 06, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all know this, I'm an old lady. I eight oh six I got married. But <laughs> we paid for like a thirty-five, forty thousand dollar wedding in eight months.
1: That's amazing. Cash, no loans. That's- that's incredible.
0: Yeah, my my mom and dad gave us $5,000 and the rest we did and his parents, like both of our parents gave us as much as they could on each side. Like his parents pay for different items in the wedding. They gave us some cash. They did the re- rehearsal dinner, all that kind of stuff. But the bulk of it was us. And what we did was stop dry cleaning, stop eating out. Uh, yeah. And we still had a life. Like at the time, you know, I'm planning a wedding. So, you know, there's a lot of outings. There's a lot of outfits that need to be. I recycled outfits. I, I, I would get shoes instead of a whole new dress. I would change my hair, you know. Yeah. When we did that, I think that was the best way to start our marriage. Because then I knew that we could conquer anything, right? I felt yeah. like there would never be a time that we'd be too poor that I would like be ready to kill him, right? I, you're too poor or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know, yes. like you're not doing what I need. I didn't feel that. I felt like yes. we could pretty much do whatever we wanted. And it changed my perception of money, which I don't know. A lot of us, this is, and tell me your perception of this, guy. Freedom is debt free, right? The freedom that we're all searching for is not owing anybody anything.
1: Yeah. And I think so many people don't realize that because our, our generation, I got married in 08, so we're not that far apart in age. And if I could give anybody who's listening, one piece of advice about this is do it now. Don't wait and do it later. I wish we had done it when we got married because our lives would be totally different. But the, I think that our generation, our culture is so, they don't understand how much they are marketed to for debt and debt. It gives you this false sense of freedom until you realize you wake up one day and you're like, Oh my gosh, I have $50,000 in debt. And I don't even know, I don't even have anything to show for it.
0: You know? Yeah. yeah. And you're really just managing payments
1: that's all you're doing is you're managing money that you owe to other people. And when your money is all going out to other people that you owe it to, you can't invest it. You can't go on vacation. You can't buy yourself a nice purse for your birthday or whatever it is you want. And so for people have to have that like, I call it baby step zero. It's that like line in the sand moment where they say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to be this way anymore. I'm not going to owe my life to other people. I'm not going to be a slave to other people. I'm going to do things differently and I'm never using debt again. And until you have that huge mindset shift, it, it doesn't work. You have to remember, you have to re- be ready to realize that first.
0: I agree. And I think it is, I won't say a tough decision. It's just one of those, once you make it, you kind of get a high every time you pay something off. Oh yeah. There's like, oh my gosh, I can do this again, two more payments. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, it's like this. And it's crazy because I in, throughout my marriage, I've been married 13 years and the bulk of it was like easy street, right? When yeah. when it came to finances after we made that decision. And then there came a time when I had my daughter, we'd saved for that. I knew I wanted to be off for eight months to a year. I knew that, right? But that one year turned into almost four years. Yeah. And because of that, I we depleted our savings that we'd accumulated to have. Um, all of this time, right? And this is real life, y'all. We both have pets. So please turn your volume down.
1: <laughs> I was just about to say, I just muted my audio for a second. We'll this
0: over it. It's okay. This is real life. We're we're just girlfriends <laughs> talking here, you know? But uh, because of that, that meant it was time to replenish when we moved to Dallas. It was time to get back. I had no regrets, but because I knew we could do it, I knew that we'd done it. I felt even more confident because I'd prepared for that time. And, you know, and I think that's the thing too. It's just like, you're, you're giving yourself permission to live your life in the way you want to live it by having control of your finances. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And if you had been in so in debt from your wedding or student loans or whatever, you wouldn't have had even had the option to take a year off of work.
0: Right. Right. Um, and it was still, and, and, and I, and I say that cause I want to be, I'm taking a page out of Sky's book and I'm being more transparent because I want y'all to know that Whatever you're going through, you're not alone. You're not the first person here who's ever got laid mm-hmm. off. You're not the first person living paycheck to paycheck, living in student loan debt. You're not like me in college getting credit cards, knowing I wasn't going to pay for them. Let me let me raise my hand. I just wanted that sweatshirt. I didn't care about <laughs> Discover. <laughs> <laughs> Discover could have kissed my butt. I was like, yo, y'all think I'm going to pay y'all? Girl, please. I'm going to charge this thing up, get a new wardrobe, and then get have bad credit like everybody else I know. That's, That's literally- right the mind yeah. frame my 19 year old self had until I met this guy named Chad who pulled my credit and was like, girl, we got to do something with this. <laughs> you need to fix this. Yeah. And I'll tell y'all that story another day. Cause it's funny now, but I can't tell you how embarrassed I was to have this guy see my 400 and something credit score back in the day. Cause I didn't oh, even my know. Goodness. Yeah. I had no, I had no credit. I hadn't done anything but to have those two credit cards in college and never paid them and didn't care because in my family, we always brought cars cash. I didn't need credit, right? I could get an apartment. I could get everything I needed. And so yeah. I didn't realize that I was going to want more because I was just in a small mind and my parents had always paid for my cars and things like that. So I really didn't understand the value of having excellent credit and having that 1% interest rate. Let me tell y'all something. It feels real good. It feels real, real mm-hmm. good. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it does it does so sky is not selfish she shares content uh, about her money journey and she shares different hacks which is what i really love about your site and your platform because it's really about the all every woman right it's about the things that we need to have harmony in our homes and harmony harmony in our life why was it important for you to share your journey about spending and paying off that debt Hey, you fabulous powerhouses. Having you support the podcast by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing is awesome. And it's made each episode reach more and more people every week. But did you know that as a listener-supported show, we rely on you to keep these wheels turning? And for as little as $1 a month, you help me keep giving you great content and even better guests. And yes, ma'am, you heard that right. For only $12 a year, you support the dream. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash brunch and slate. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash brunch and sleigh. And now back to brunch and slay.
1: Because I, I really felt like there, I went through a period in our life, Chris and I both, I feel like we both went through the, this period when we first got married that we just, we knew about Dave Ramsey, we knew about the debt snowball, but we just felt like we couldn't do it. We didn't have the tools, we didn't have the, um, the income, we didn't have the mindset, obviously, and we just felt like it wasn't for us. And by the, when we started doing it and I realized how accessible that is for literally anybody, I really wanted to share our story so that that girl, I'm speaking to myself 10 years ago, like, I know you think you can't do this, but the reality is, is you have to do this and you have to figure out a way. And I want to be the encouragement and the inspiration to be that person for you. And so that it was so important for me to, to speak to the women out there who felt helpless, felt unsecure in their relationships, and felt like they were never gonna get ahead because I wanted them to know that the truth and the freedom was out there for them to get to get it done. They just had to take control and had to take charge and move forward. So that's that was why it was so important to me.
0: And I and I commend you for that. And I love that another thing you're really adamant about is body body positivity. And you are like out here repping. Like I was looking at your posts and you're picking out your swimsuits. I love the red one, by the way, with the little, yes, that's my fave. Just wanted to Thank you. you. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But sharing that. And that's what I think is so encouraging about you and your brand is that you're just like, Hey girl, this is real. This is what real women go through. This is what real women are. So where did your, your encouragement for body positivity, where that come from? Who started that snowball?
1: Um, uh, hmm, that's a good question. I, a few years ago, before I got married, before I met my husband, um, I was in a really, I didn't realize it at the time, of course, but I was in a, a an abusive relationship with this guy. And he would say things to me like, you can't get too fat or I'm going to break up with you or you're supposed to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Like this was the kind of mindset he had. Super, super awesome fella. Anyways, (laughs) after, after we broke up, I just went through a few years where I did not know who I was and I never felt like I fit in anywhere. And I always felt that that had to do with my physical appearance and making the change from that tiny insecure person into who I am today that's like I'm here I'm who I am I look how I look I wear a size 12 and that doesn't make me any less of a person or take any of my value away took a lot of um, a lot of self-observation a lot of just getting out literally getting outside of my house in a bathing suit and going to do stuff that was fun for me and not being afraid to let what I look like in certain outfits or a bathing suit or whatever stop me from that, and it wasn't like an overnight transformation; it was year like years of just doing it and finding the people in my life who were supportive of me being that way because I certainly had friends at the time who were not and who encouraged me to do things like take diet pills and um, not eat but work out. Every other, you know, twice a day. And so I had to get rid of those people in my life and find people who were healthy for me and who were encouraging for me to like do things in a more healthy, more realistic, whole, holistic way. So those few years before I met my husband, and thank God I did that before I met him because he probably wouldn't have fallen in love with me if he had met me before.
0: Right. Thank <laughs> God, God all for of growth, that work. Girl. Thank God for growth. Right?
1: <laughs> so. So yeah, it was just a, it was really everybody, you know, you see people where they are today. You know, you don't see, especially now our generation didn't live our lives on Instagram. Thank God. Right. But you don't see the journey that comes behind that causes us to be where we are today. And so I can tell somebody I paid off $57,000 in debt and they think, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Or I can tell somebody, yeah, I'm fine with being a size 12 and I'm really happy about that. And they're like that's incredible, but they don't see all of the hard work and the heartache and the tears and the saying no and the sacrifice that went into becoming who we are today. And I think that's, it gives all of us sort of an unfair um, stance against other people because we don't know their whole story. So I like to tell that whole story.
0: Right. And that's the beautiful thing about having social media now and the platforms that are available to us is that, MTV had no idea back in 19-whatever when they created the real world that they would create a movement of Ooh, people, yeah. right, sharing their their now, their present, their journey, and giving people power to take back their voices. I, I mean, they literally, I would say- shook the advertising world up. It doesn't exist. The platform that existed when we saw Men and all these great, who's the boss with Angela and the agency, all these great shows and stories that we knew about advertising, that doesn't exist anymore because people have their own power to tell their story. Um, advertisers can't just demand your attention with the commercial and say, sit still and eat this, right? You get right. to choose and we get to choose what we endorse. We get to build real relationships with people. I am so enamored with the power that we have as humans right now. I really am. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And to be able to use that for good and say, hey, um, you need to hear this because I don't want you crying in the closet for three years. You could probably get away with one year after you read this story. Like you could figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a ministry. It's really, it, it, it becomes this, I don't know. It's just an opportunity for us to be our best selves in whatever capacity that is. And I think it's just a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, it really, it truly is a ministry. Both of those things are it's a ministry for me because it it i have a story to tell um i think one of the the sayings that i've heard is that god sends you through a mess to give you a message or something like that i probably just butchered it but i mean i walked through a mess of my life and a mess of our finances to in order for me to have a message to share with other people and i think that god has really empowered me to do that and he's given me a beautiful platform on which to do it so i'm very very thankful every day for social media because it allows me to do my job and to share my story and to get to honestly get paid for doing that and it's amazing
0: hey hey now live that you live your best life yeah (laughs) so so you have a hashtag he made uh made you beautiful Mm -hmm. so tell us about that well i i have i feel
1: like sometimes you have to be very careful with balancing this but having a Lord and savior who created me is a huge part of my personal journey with, when it comes to body positivity, because I know that I'm made in the image of Jesus and not everybody has that in their life. And so I had to find a way to share that message without it being like too, I don't want to beat people over the head with the Bible. That's not who I am, but I want people to know that you are created in the image of a God who loves you and who finds you to be the most amazing thing on the planet. And that in and of itself is an incredible blessing. And it's an incredible thing that people who don't know God and don't know Jesus, they don't have that in themselves. And so I wanted to find a very like easy sort of non-confrontational way to share that message with people because <laughs> I don't want like conflict. Um, <laughs> and that, so I just, I just, you know, you come up with a hashtag and you're like, Oh, nobody's using it yet. We'll just use it. Right. So I looked it up and nobody was using that particular one and I went with it. And so I've honestly, the past year has just been so crazy with all the stuff our family has done that I kind of have forgotten about it and I need to get back into using it. So I'm so glad you brought
0: it up so that I can bring it back. <laughs> no, I think it's a great hashtag. I mean, especially now as women, sharing and teaching our daughters and our sons to respect women as the way that they are, you know, don't idolize and, and make women a prop, or something just because of a certain, put them in a box as to what size or shape or hair color or or, or height they should be. You know, I say this all the time. I'm like, you cannot get upset about things that, about women that your mother does, right? So you can't, a guy can't go say me, I'm African-American, I sleep with a headscarf. He can't say, I don't want my wife to sleep in a scarf. Your mama sleeps in a scarf. So what's wrong with me sleeping in a scarf, right? Your mom had three kids, she had stretch marks. What's wrong with stretch marks? These are things that I think, we as mothers to this next, 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 next generation, right? Yeah. We're teaching them by our actions and by how we accept ourselves and how comfortable we are in our skin. And that's what they'll be attracted to. So I think it's a beautiful hashtag. I think it's an amazing movement. Is that part of what you, when you think about what you want your legacy to be, is that ingrained in it? Or have you even thought about what that what you want to leave behind?
1: Um, gosh, your legacy, that you're killing me with these questions. Uh. <laughs> So I, I agree with you 100%. I think it's so important that as a woman teaching my son to be respectful of and in awe of the, a, a, another woman in his life is so incredibly important, regardless of anything else other than the fact that she exists. And she has every right to be who she is, and she deserves to be loved and honored no matter what, right? So that's kind of the message that I'm leaving, trying to leave with him. And thankfully my husband is the same. He's in, we're both working together to ingrain that message in him. And my, the legacy that I would like to leave is that the woman that Jet marries one day, I want her to know that she is just as loved as God loves her by the people around her, regardless of like, whether or not she has stretch marks or whether or not she works out or whether or not she eats healthy. Like I want Jet to be able to pass that love onto his wife and his future children and to affect all those future generations. Because I think as a woman, as a teenage girl today, it is so hard It is so difficult to grow up today. And you have so many, like, I had one role model as a teenager, and it was my mother. And I had, you know, maybe a couple of teenage magazines. I didn't have 1 million people on Instagram telling me how I should look. And so I think it's just so difficult for girls today. And if they don't hear that message from the women in their life and the men in their life, it's just going to perpetuate this cycle of if you're not thin, you're not beautiful and you're not worthy. So I'm trying to stop that cycle. No,
0: I agree. And it's, I, I think about that. I remember the, the ugly age, probably the tween years when everybody's teasing you and they will find, mm-hmm. that's just the insecurity age. And um, it was hard then even for me to navigate without social media and those any of those things. I can't imagine someone posting about you, right? And, oh. and saying those things. So I, I don't oh. even know if... Somebody is excited. Uh, uh, let me see. Yeah, I don't even know if we are equipped or what we should read or how we should handle navigating. You know those things as parents because it, it it is difficult, and I can't imagine. And you can't filter everything as much as we want to, but you shelter them so much, and then they're not equipped for the real world. And the world that they're going to graduate and move on to live in is not going to be anything like what we had to navigate at all
1: yeah yeah nothing like that and it's yeah i think it's totally scary to think about all those things you just said with our our daughters and our sons to grow up in that sort of environment and i wanted to add those like awkward teen years that we had like our sixth grade seventh grade year where we were everybody had braces and a terrible haircut like they don't go through that stage anymore they all look beautiful in the seventh grade and it's not fair
0: (laughs) right i'm like seriously (laughs) seriously you're already contouring like you have a whole youtube channel are you serious okay right Mm -mm. in some ways i'm excited for them because i truly believe by the time your daughter and my son i mean my daughter and your son apparently i I don't know what's going on in my brain today but (laughs) the way that they will have some kind of small business probably before they graduate high school and yeah. have ways of monetizing and making their own living excites me because I feel like they're going to be more equipped to be courageous and start new ventures. And that is really cool.
1: Yeah. The the thought, we've already like, I mean, we started with Jet when he was three. He does chores. He gets paid every single week and he is saving up money to buy his first car. He's set. He's six. So... <laughs> We're like putting that in his brain now. And I'm, he sees me and he's your daughter sees you work from home and create their own job and create their own life. And I think it's so cool to be able to
0: empower them in that way. So I know that, you know, you have your site, you, you're a movement within itself and now you have a podcast. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, tell me all about it. Tell, tell everybody all about it. Right. I want to know more okay. and all that good stuff.
1: Okay. So it's me and one of my best friends. Her name's Jessica. And the name of the podcast is called look, I'm just saying. And it's basically a conversation with your two best girlfriends about whatever, whatever life is handing us these days. So we just had an episode drop this week about screen time policies and how we handle screen time with our kids. Um, We have a great community of women in on Facebook and we have an Instagram account. Um, we did our first, we actually did our first episode at the end of October. And then I came to your podcasting session and learned that I did most of it the wrong way, but (laughs) (laughs) it's working out. (laughs) So we do a, we have an episode every Thursday morning and it's, it has been so much fun. We, Jessica and I both turned our job, our hobbies into our jobs. And so now we needed a new hobby. So right now, podcasting is just a fun hobby that we're, so that we have a chance to chat every week and talk. And we just basically record our conversations and we think we're hilarious. And other people seem to think that as well. So it's a lot of fun. We really enjoy
0: it. So definitely we'll be subscribing. Don't worry. I can't wait to hear it. Um, <laughs> so what's next for you? What's on the horizon? What's on your conquer list? Do you mean like today or in the next five years? Yeah, (laughs) five years, decade, next week, whatever, float your boat. Uh, This year,
1: by the end of this year, we're really working hard to save up money for a down payment on a house. So we would like to be in a new house because we're currently renting. We'd like to be in a new house by December. That's our big family goal this year. And then um, as far as work and business go, I'm just... I want to stay the course. I have a tendency to veer off and get distracted by things. And so I'm really working hard on staying focused and eliminating other distractions that keep me from getting the work that I love to do done. So that's something that I'm really focusing on this year is to just keep doing what I'm doing and keep growing my audience and keep growing the people who are there for me. So I don't really have a goal in mind for that, but that's what I'm working on this year.
0: Right. So what vibes and prayers can we send your way to help you on your own?
1: Oh, wow. Prayers for um, steady income for me, because, you know, that entrepreneur life, it is like up and down. You never really know what's going to happen.
0: Amen. And then
1: um, I just, I, I get caught up in that numbers game. So I just need all the vibes that are like, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It matters what you're putting out into the world. And so I just need, that's where I get distracted. I need to stay the course of continuing to create good content and continue to to make stuff that matters
0: i swear i'm just counting down i'm like instagram when you taking these likes away i want that freedom i'm so over it gone i'm over it y'all let me tell you something When I first discovered Instagram, I had no business. I had a business, but it was an event planning business. And I didn't even think about putting it on Instagram, right? And it was fun. And I just kind of, I was over Facebook because I thought people, it was just too much TMI, right? And Mm -hmm. I just liked the pictures. So Instagram to me was like, oh, you know, like the clouds opened. Everything was amazing. When I started a business and it became post every day, post every day, post every day, somewhere along that line, I fell out of love. And yeah. I think I'm, I'm in, the, I'm in that part right now. And, and I'm just being honest. It, it is taxing. It, it, I feel like you say the same thing over and over and people can tell, but I think I'm going to fall in love with stories because I feel like I got to, I think that makes more sense. I don't know. What do you think? What What is your, what's your platform that you love or hate?
1: My, I have two. I love Instagram stories. That is my bread and butter and my engagement rate on there is like 22%. It's insane. Get it girl. Get it. And so I don't know, I guess I, I live in this bubble that where it's like, I'm not that cool. I don't know why people like me, but they (laughs) evidently like what I say. (laughs) So (laughs) I love Instagram stories and I love Facebook. I still love Facebook for my business page because I'm able to, um, Really, people want links from me. When you're an influencer and you share clothes, they just want links from you. And so it's a really easy way to for me to share links without having to have the swipe up feature and all that other jazz. So I love my Facebook page. And I have the most amazing women. I cannot even tell you. They are so supportive. They are so encouraging. I never get a negative comment, knock on wood. They're just the most amazing women. And I'm so thankful for them every day.
0: No, that's really cool. I mean, I, I I'm gonna have to stalk your stories some more. The stories I've seen, they're all good. I mean, you're just you, and I think again, yeah. this goes back to me. Uh, I, I I walk this tightrope because brunch and slate. I never. It's a mirror. Yes, obviously, I'm the person putting out the content, but we love to highlight women, right? So I always feel like people are tuning in because they want to hear about me. You know, they want <laughs> They don't care about me fussing at Denver and telling her to clean up a room. So I don't know. It's it's. <laughs> I'll figure it out that's that's on my list of things to do you know in the next few months is just really figure it out because obviously I like to talk everybody knows that that's why I do the podcast everybody knows I love new meeting new people I love hearing your story I love sharing your story and I literally just want to be a flashlight like go girl go like (laughs) that's it that's all I want to do so we got to figure out how to make that translate I don't know how y'all send me your thoughts and ideas I'm open to them right
1: (laughs) I love it. I, I think it's really cool to get to know the people behind. Cause you see a pretty picture on Instagram and you just think, well, they just have it all figured out and all together. But when you get on their stories and they're like coming at you with no makeup on and their kids are crawling all over them and you get to see a picture in their real life, then I feel like it's so much easier to relate to people. And I think I'll just give you some advice off the cuff right here on the podcast. I think getting to know you will make your listeners more eager to get to know the people you love because they love you. They want to know everything that you love. So when you're sharing yourself and you're sharing little stories about yourself, they're going to be like, well, who, who does she follow? Who does she like? And why are she, why is she um, highlighting this person? And they're going to be more interested in the women that you highlight too, because they've gotten to know you.
0: Well, looky, looky. That was, that was exactly what I needed. Thank you for my medicine today, Sky. Thank you. You're welcome. Wait a minute. I thought you might want to know about what's happening next week. Um, I think the biggest gift
2: that you can give your mentor, the biggest thank you that you can give your mentor is to actually do the work. So for instance, um, I sent an email to Stuart. That's my male mentor. I sent an email to him a few weeks ago and I told him um, what I earned in 2019. Sorry. Yeah. What I earned in 2019, uh, which surpassed a quarter of a million dollars. And I documented in detail, how I applied his advice and how that contributed to the success that I have today. And that is the best gift that you can give anyone who's invested in you. What is their return, right? If we're going to talk business now, right? Like what is their ROI? And so um, my mentors always appreciate the update because a lot of times there's been instances where you pour into somebody, you may give them advice, and then you may never hear from them again. You probably don't even get a thank you. And so my mentors, I think that like it's really important to have that, um, to level expectations with your advisors and your mentors um, and just ask them, right? Check in with them. How can I help you? Or just be observant. I find that like the best way to get into the rooms with the top 2%, top 1% is to reduce stress or add value. And so anything that I do for my mentors achieves those two
0: things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, okay. So of course, where can people follow you? How can they support you? Okay. You can
1: find my website is dot If you Google my name, I have like six pages of results because I've been doing this for so long. So my website is dot My Instagram is sky and McLean. And then you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash sky VA because I used to be a virtual assistant and you know, Facebook doesn't let you change your link more than once. Um and then you can subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio. We're on all of them. And it's look, I'm just saying. And it's a picture of me and Jessica on the cover art. So
0: that's it. Oh, thank you for being you, Sky. Thank
1: you. Amira, the world is a more beautiful place because you're in it. <laughs> I think some people would beg
0: to differ, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well they're wrong.
0: <laughs> oh, I love you. I love you. Man, if you guys enjoyed today's show as much as Sky and enjoyed catching up with each other, Sky and I enjoyed catching up with each other and just, you know, sharing this journey, then go ahead and subscribe. If you have already subscribed, thank you. If you haven't done a review yet, please do so because reviews make the world go round. And I want you to remember, no matter what, that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm Amira, and this is Brunton's life.